In the name of the true and living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, as we enter this new season of ministry together, I give thanks to God for this gift of being able to serve you as the 17th rector of this great church. And I thank God also that the lectionary puts before us John 17 on this seventh Sunday of our Easter celebration. It could have been some obscure and really difficult gospel passage, so I take this as a sign of divine favor. In this astonishing chapter, John 17, we get to overhear Jesus at prayer, praying to his heavenly Father. And in the portion before us today, we hear the definition of nothing less than eternal life. I wonder if someone asked you, what is eternal life, what you would say. But forget what you would say and just listen to this. Jesus tells us what to say. Here it is. He lays it all out there. This is eternal life, that they should know you, the only true God, and the one whom you sent, Jesus Christ. This knowledge, and this knowledge alone, is the pearl of great price. The pearl of great price for which we should gladly cast aside all earthly wisdom, honors, and attachments in order to obtain it. Not simply to know about God, but to know the living God, personal and closer to us than we are to ourselves. But this knowing of God as the goal of our living also suggests something about the shape of our living. St. Paul writes, I consider life of no importance to me, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to bear witness to the gospel of God's grace. So we're not simply to contemplate God in faith. No, we are to spend our lives extravagantly in bearing witness to the truth we have contemplated, a truth that asks of us nothing less than everything, if we are to live in gratitude for so great a gift. Presiding Bishop Michael Curry, he calls this life spent bearing witness to the gospel of grace, the way of love. If you've listened to him, you've heard him say this, the way of love. And Bishop Curry was the chief consecrator just yesterday of our new bishop in New York, Matt Hyde. He will be the bishop coadjutor for about a year, meaning that he co-adjudicates. Is that a word? Co-adjudicates. I'm going with it. Brad, the English teacher, is nodding his head, so I clearly passed the test here. He will co-adjudicate with uh, Andy Dietschy, the current bishop of New York, for 11 months. And then Bishop Dietschy will retire, and Matt will, you know, be the the solo diocesan bishop. And what a scene yesterday at the cathedral. Thousands of people, bishops from across the country, uh, the presiding bishop being the chief consecrator. We made a bishop, and it was glorious. And I give thanks to God uh, for Matt and the, the gifts that he offers. And I know the gift he will be as our bishop diocesan. 
But in preparation for that big day yesterday, Bishop Curry invited Matt and the Bishop of New York, the Bishops of New York, and the clergy of the diocese to gather with him um, for a retreat, a, a talk essentially from, from Bishop Curry and Bishop Dietschy and, and Matt, and, uh, and then a lunch. And he uplifted us as Bishop Curry does. Uh, I forget exactly how he said it, but at one point he was, he was getting fired up as he's wont to do because it comes from inside of his bones. He knows the living God. He has contemplated God. The knowledge is there, but then it's become knowing God. So he can't help but run around and shine with that light and tell people, people about it. That's why he's such a wonderful evangelist. You can't give away what you don't have. Bishop Curry has a lively faith to share with the world, and he's done so. And he said something like, you know, I'm just a simple Christian. I'm a simple Christian. Uh, you know, Jesus died on the cross, and they put him in a tomb, and he was dead. But that brother got up again. <laughs> you know, he said, that brother got up again, and he lives. And that's quite right. That's a bishop's job description, announce the resurrection. We need them to be good administrators and have a good staff. But their main thing is know the living God, the power that raises up dead bones and makes new life. So he inspired us in the way that only Bishop Curry can do. And a member of the clergy sitting behind me uh, asked if the way of love, that way of love that he's championed, is going away when he retires next year because he's set to retire. You serve as presiding bishop for nine years. And then when you're 72, you have to retire as a bishop. So he's, he's retiring and we'll be calling a new presiding bishop. So she wants to know, is the, is the way of love going away when you retire? And of course, by that, she meant the curriculum, the website, the books, you know, all of the stuff, the YouTube videos and all of the good work that the Episcopal Church around Bishop Curry has put into uh, pointing us in the direction of the way of love. So he jokingly remarked, you know, I'll have to check the, the Episcopal Church's website to make sure uh, it's still pointing in the right direction before I retire, right? And she said, well, how do we make sure it continues? So Bishop Curry paused, and as he does, he hit the nail on the head. How do we make sure the way of love continues? Live it. Live it, Bishop Curry said. Friends, in chapter 17 of John's Gospel, we get a glimpse of the source of the way of love. What is the source? It's the life shared between the Father and the Son. The way of love is eternal life. It is God's life. And when we are drawn into Jesus's fellowship, when we become his disciples, his students, when we respond to his call to follow him, we are brought into the way of love. And it changes us. As we discover who Jesus is, and as we seek to stay spiritually close to him, not least by doing this, coming together for the Holy Eucharist on the Lord's Day, staying close to Jesus spiritually. When we do that, we have to be careful because we learn that we're to love one another as he loved us. We must live it. I pray that our life together in the years to come is grounded in the knowledge of God in Christ. 
As I said last week in the announcement, I pledge to serve you as a priest faithfully committed to bearing witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ and to remind us that he's the foundation and the center of our life together. And the sign or the evidence that we're remaining faithful to him and keeping him at the center will be that we love and care for one another, which is different from agreeing with each other all the time, right? Or just being nice. Love is hard work to stay together. It's a commitment. It's, not, it's a matter of the will to say, I'm going to serve you, wash your feet as Jesus taught us to do. That's love. We can disagree as the years go by, and we no doubt will. You won't be happy with me all the time, but I hope you are most of the time. But either way, we are called to love each other, right? That's a deep commitment. If you're married, have you ever disagreed with your spouse? Come on, right? Love is hard work. It is, it is getting to work together to move in the same direction, which is the direction of the kingdom of God. Personal agendas don't matter. Kingdom of God, right? This direction is where we go together. So that's the care for one another, first and foremost. Love, care for each other. And another clear sign, another bit of evidence that we're staying close to Jesus and keeping him at the center is that we'll be on a mission to share that love, the way of love, to bear witness to the gospel of grace by our concern and compassion for everyone, everywhere. You know, a recurring theme at yesterday's service of consecration was the calling of the church to be the church. And that actually resonates with me very deeply. It might sound like a cop-out, like the preacher said, Matt, how do we build up the church in this day and age? How do we become a faithful church? Be the church, was her answer. And it might be like sidestepping, it's not. I think it's right on. Because if we become the church in our day, then we become the body of Christ. Poured out in love, poured out in compassion for one another and for the life of the world. We become, as our new bishop, Matt Hyde likes to say, salt and light. He got that from Jesus. But we become salt and we become light. We care for one another. We weep together. We celebrate together. And we care for those whom the world has forgotten. When we bring those on the margins into the center and serve Jesus Christ in the least and the last. The early church used to put the poor in the front of the church because they believed they were closer to God. Because Jesus said, you'll find me in the least and the last. So giving those on the margins, the least and the last, a seat of honor, that's how we'll know we're walking in the way of love. So friends, we do not need to reinvent the faith to be relevant in the 21st century. We don't. We need to become the church to be relevant in the 21st century. As G.K. Chesterton once put it, and this quote I realized only after I pulled it out last night, I used in my first sermon I ever preached as a seminarian about 15 years ago at Emory University. And my mentor, one of them, Barbara Brown Taylor, who's like the best preacher ever, was there listening to me, no pressure. I hope this one's a little bit better than the one 15 years ago. But I used the same quote. 
G.K. Chesterton said, the Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. So the calling of the church in the fierce urgency of now, as Dr. Martin Luther King called it, the calling of the church in the fierce urgency of now, the calling of the church in our day, with its challenges and opportunities, is to be the church. In short, to live it. I think we should give it a try. Let's contemplate the mystery of God in worship and prayer and study and our life together and let that mystery of God change us so that we can bear witness to the gospel of grace with our lives and become walking sacraments as we move around the world. Let's be known as the church trying with the assistance of God's grace to be the church. St. James Church being changed by the mystery of God in Christ and pouring herself out in love, daring to be the church for the healing of the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.